Okay. So as Father Dale said, tonight we're going to zero in on the prophetic gifts, the gift of the gift of prophecy, which is, I'm sure many of you heard it as such, but what Father Dale shared after, um, right before we uh, came to this and, and after we prayed and worshiped tonight when he talked about how the Lord wanted us to know the Lord wanted us to know we are his sons and daughters. Remember that? The Lord wanted us to know he has called each one of us here by name. Now, I'm sure you recognize some of what he said as being taken directly from the scriptures, where the, where the Bible tells us that God's called each one of us by name, that he's called each one of us. And that's basically, brothers and sisters, what we're going to be talking about, that the prophetic gifts are inspired by the Word of God. The Word of God is called the Logos Word. That is the, that is the Word of Scripture. That never changes. It's God's Word to us through the Scriptures. When we, when we take those Scriptures and bring a personal Word to an individual, or when, we, when we're in a group setting, and we may be bringing it to a group when we feel like at this particular time, in this particular place, this is what the Lord would want us to know. It's always based on God's Word. It never contradicts the Scriptures. It's always based on God's Word as He is specifically speaking it to us tonight. And that's called the Rhema Word. So the Rhema would be the, the prophetic word that, that we're going to start to, to share with one another and start to yield to. And the Logos word is the word of Scripture. The Rhema word is always based on the Logos word. If you ever hear something that um, is cloaked as prophecy, but it contradicts the word of Scripture, then it is not. It is, it is not the word of the Lord. The way we test it, because we test all things, um, you know, of the Lord, is that it is it congruent with what God speaks to us through the scriptures. So, the global outpouring of the Spirit in our day is seen as an emergence of the gift of prophecy. This is rooted in our baptism of the Spirit and our call as priests, prophet, and king, which we all are, as the Bible tells us. The gift of prophecy can come in the form of a prayer that we pray, that would be called an inspired prayer, a passage of scripture we share with someone or a group, or an impression we have that we want to share with another in the group. So, in other words, um, we may have a, <clears throat> pardon me, have a prayer in our heart, somebody in our group um, shared something, and we want to pray for that person, but we, we pray according to God's word and according to God's promises to all of us. So that, that Logos word becomes the rhema to that personal word to, to that person. And it's bringing, it's singling out a, uh, a word from the Lord in a way that's personal that would pertain specifically to where that person was and what they were dealing with, you know, at that time. What the impression means, if we have an impression, um, Let's take, for instance, uh, you're, you're in a time of worship and prayer, and then you're, you're going to break down and, and talk to one another, and 
the impression that you get, some people might see it as a vision, would be you see the ocean and, and you see the waves rolling in on the beach. And, um, and you feel like the Lord is saying, just like those waves are rolling in and changing the contour of the beach and the surf, so is my love rolling in on you and changing whatever it is that, that is, you know, that is not formed in my will for you, that is not formed in all that I want for you and all the blessings and gifts that I want for you. That would be the impression. So that too would be a prophetic word taken from that thought, impression, vision, if you will, because you're, you're, you know, you're, seeing, you're seeing the ocean, you're, you're seeing the wave roll in. So there's all these different ways through the prayer, you know, through the impression, through a scripture. A, a, a scripture might come to mind. You could, you know, speak it out, you know, in your words, or you could turn. If you know a chapter and verse, you can, you can turn and share it that way. All these are ways that prophecy shows itself, and these are ways that we yield to it. Now, somebody said to me earlier, they, they said, well, am I going to get all that tonight? Now, we have these gifts within us when we have the Holy Spirit. However, if we don't use them, or yield to them, meaning speak them, do it, it's as if we don't have it. You know, it's like the, the old analogy, which I always use, would be you could have a dishwasher at home, and dinner's over, and instead of loading up the dishwasher, you're going to stand there and do the dishes. Well, it's as if you don't have a dishwasher then, isn't it? What good is it if you're not going to use it? So it's the same way with the gifts. If we don't use them, it's as if we don't have them. So the Lord wants us to use them. And you know what happens? The more we use them, the deeper they become in our hearts, the deeper they are become as part of us. The more confident we grow in the gifts, the easier than it is to step out and, and use the prophetic gifts. So, you know, the, the Bible says when we're faithful to the Lord in small things, he brings them to increase. And that, that serves with the gifts as well. When we're faithful to whatever gift he gives us, no matter how small you may think it is, you know, the more we use them, the more he'll bring them to increase. It's the same with the gift of tongues. When we first start out, it might be those same syllables that, that we're repeating again and again, but the more we do it, the more we'll be given. You know? and, and it's not to be used only when we gather here or when we, once we start our small groups, when we meet small groups, but it's something to use you know, in your daily prayer time, um, it's something to use if you're driving in the car and, and you want to pray, but you don't you don't really know what to say. Um, and it's a wonderful gift, like it regarding the prophecy that we're talking about. When we pray in tongues, we're not having to think about what am I going to say? Where is it all coming from? We're not thinking about what am I going to do when I get home? Did I defrost something for dinner? We're not thinking about all that, you know, because we don't have to. And then we're more open to hear the still, small voice of Jesus, you know, in our hearts. So, in um, Acts 2, 17 to 20, the Bible says, In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I will pour out my spirit before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. 
and all flesh, all are called. All flesh means all of us, not just a particular few people, not just, you know, people that come to these seminars, all of us. All of us are called to prophesy and function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we've been talking about over these past three weeks. Um, all men, not just people that are singled out as, as prophets, but all men, not just women, uh, but men as well, children, not just adults, and all nations. At that time, they were speaking to Israel, not just Israel. So in 1 Corinthians, Father Dale mentioned this earlier, 14.5 and verse 31, it says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. You can all prophesy. So that's a promise to us. So we can do it. It may, it may seem different. It may seem strange. But the more you're in the culture where it's happening, the more you're hearing it, the more you step out to do it. And, and as you can see, the way it comes, it's not very difficult. We're already, you know, thinking things about the scriptures. We're, we're already thinking to what we're going to pray for a person. You know, we already sometimes see different um, impressions when our minds and hearts or, or visions. Um, the manifestation of the Spirit, this is in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, um, <clears throat> is given to each one for the profit of all. So in other words, when we when we share a word, such as what Father Dale's prophetic word that he shared about being called by name and being called here, that benefits all of us. I mean, just think about that. Out of all the words in the Bible, anything that could have been said, that impression was given to him for all of us, everybody here, for the Lord to know that you're not just here by chance. You're not just here because you're curious what's this all about. You're here because the Lord called you by your name and invited you here. You may not think that or realize that, but that's really, that's where the rubber hits the road. That's the truth of the matter. And then the Lord wanted us to know that. And that, so that prophecy really blessed us all, didn't it? Amen? Yeah. It made us feel like, yeah, I am here for a reason. I am here for a purpose. I'm going to, I'm going to get this. I got this covered. I can, I can do this. And, um, so that's what that means. It's, it's for the benefit, for the benefit of all of us. Before the day of the Lord refers, before the day of the Lord refers to Jesus' coming. The day of Pentecost was only a down payment of a far greater fulfillment of this prophecy in the end times before Jesus returns. So what is prophecy? Well, once again, prophecy is the testimony of Jesus and is the revelation of what is on his heart for his people. And in Revelations 19, it says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when we step out and, and prophesy, or when we're hearing the prophecy, that is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Most prophecy is human words reporting something that God brings to mind. So it's not this supernatural thing. You know, it, it's using, it's um, supernaturally natural, as we like to call it. It's just we, we use our personalities, we use our vocabularies, you know, and, and speak what the Lord wants to bring to us. The Spirit conveys to our minds and thoughts. We communicate in contemporary language. They are a mixture of God's words and human beings' words that combine divine inspiration with the human process. 
some prophet's words may be just 10% God's word and 90% our words, while others have a greater uh, revelatory content. Most prophecy has a strong mixture, mixture of our ideas. So in other words, if you're saying, well, that really wasn't the Lord, that, that was probably me. You know? Well, sure it's you, because you're the one speaking it. I mean, you know, it, it's not like, you know, the Lord comes down and palaps and, you know, pals us over the head, and, and all we're speaking is his words. He, he uses his people. He uses you. He uses your speech, your vocabulary, your personality, your love for him, your love for the people that you're with. That's, that's what he uses. So you can see in this little diagram, you see God's words, and then right across how it blends with our words. So don't, don't be um, afraid of that, or don't be leery of that. That's natural and normal, and that's how it is for all of us, that it's a mixture of what we're thinking and a, and a mixture of what Jesus is bringing to us. The first rule of prophetic ministry is that it must always honor the written word of God in the tradition of the church. Talked about that before. It never contradicts scripture. That is the Logos word. That is solid. That stands. That's truth with a capital T. What we bring then, based on that, is the Rhema word. Prophecy is released in us most often by faint impressions given by the Spirit. We also talked about that before. It may be the prayer. It may be a, a scripture verse that you might not know where to find it in here, but you know what it says. And so you, you can say, you know, you know, I'm thinking about the scripture that says such and such. You know, that says, um, I've called you by name, you are mine. You know, and, and share it in your own words. So as we talked about, this is simple prophecy. It's for the edification the exhortation and comfort of people by giving them the prophetic impression that they have received. Usually, these words are given in a small group setting or in a ministry line instead of on the microphone in a public meeting. Now, that can happen, the, the whole public meeting idea, like if it's a really big crowd, if it's a large conference or, or you know, something like that. I remember attending, um, before gambling took over Atlantic City, there used to be large conferences and people from all around Baltimore and different, all the different counties would come. And, and it was based with, with charismatic gifts and so forth, as we're talking about. But because there, there were like 15,000 people, and that is amazing, guys, to, to be in a group with that many people who love the Lord and are just worshiping Him and, you know, praying out conversational prayer and, and praying in the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's, you know, hopefully we'll grow to that. Um, but we're counting on that, aren't we? You all agree with me on prayer in that one? All right, all right. So, but sometimes in those kind of settings, you know, um, in order to hear the word, they have what's called um, word gift um, ministries, where there's people who have prophetic gifts from different groups around the vicinity through the archdiocese, and they're asked to sit in on that. And if you get a word, um, you come to a microphone and you speak it. And that's done for the sake of order, you know, because our God's God of order. And it's done so that we can still hear the word, but there's no way you could have all these hundreds of people coming forth. So, um, 
you know, other than that, as it's saying, it could happen in your small groups, when you're sitting around at a table such as this, when we start our, our home groups um, over the next few months, um, or even when we are um, gathering such as this and worshiping the Lord. You know, you may feel that, well, this is a word for everybody, not just for the people at this table, you know. So we'll, we'll, these are the kind of things we'll just grow into. You know, we'll start small as we do all things of the Lord. When we're faithful to the Lord in small things, he brings it to increase. That's right. So, so that, that's where we are. Um, so we're, we're going to edify one another by building up the people. We're going to exhort, calling people to persevere in their ministry. You know, sometimes it gets hard after a while to keep, you know, keep plugging forth, especially when it's something different, especially when it's something new, and we step out of our comfort zone, and none of us are, you know, really gravitate towards that, uh, embrace it quickly. But the thing of it is to know to know that this is what God's called us to. And for too long, we have had we have settled for far too less than all the things that He wants for us. And these gifts are given to build us up in love and in knowledge of him and who he is to you and to me and also to build up one another because we all need that don't we we're not always at the same place some of us are at a really good place and everything's going well and some of us are not and that's why we need one another to edify and exhort and comfort one another prophetic information is given most often in subtle ways Receiving the faint impressions, we must be intentional about receiving the Spirit's prophetic leading when we gather in large or small groups or in social gatherings. We do this simply by asking the Spirit, what do you want to do? What are you doing or saying? He will often answer by giving us faint prophetic impressions. So in other words, the reason of, for the asking, first off, the Lord says, ask and you shall receive, right? So, so we're, we're asking. But it also puts us in a place where our expectation changes. Then we expect. When you ask a person a question, don't you expect an answer? Don't we all? When we ask them, if I asked you a question, I would expect an answer from you. You might say, well, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Or you might say, well, this is what I think. But we expect an answer when, when we're asked a question. We ask, the question, we ask the question of the Lord. Lord, what are you saying? What do you want to do here tonight? We expect an answer. So we listen. We expect it. We listen for that still, small voice within us to tell us. And that impression or that scripture or that prayer or that word is what forms the basis of your, of your prophetic word. So... So we expect him to think that, that that makes all the difference in the world because if we don't expect it, we're not going to hear it. So we need to expect it. Why do we expect it? Because the Lord promises it to us. Because we have it through the infilling of his Holy Spirit. And because he wants it, he wants us to use it to bless us and to bless the people that we're with. We often do not have prophetic impressions simply because we do not ask for them. It says that in James 4, 2. Ask the question, Spirit, what are you saying? What are you doing? 
A simple act of asking makes us receptive and attentive to what he is doing and postures us to receive the Spirit's impression. James 4.2, you, you have not because you ask not. If we don't ask, oftentimes you know, we don't receive. We can compare functioning in the prophetic to putting up the sail in a boat on a lake on a calm day. When it seems there is no breeze at all, the sail catches even the most gentle breeze that barely moves the boat, yet the boat moved. A similar dynamic occurs when we ask Jesus what he is doing. Put your sail up by saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do or say through me today? Through me today. Not like, I can remember one group I was in, this lady, she would always say, Lord, give this word to um, Diane, or give this word to Pat, or give this word to Nancy. And I said, well, what, no, <laughs> that's not the way it works. You want to um, speak. She had it, but she didn't want to speak it. She didn't want to step out, step out of her boat, you know. So she'd ask the Lord to, to give it to somebody else, and that, that's not what happens. You know, the Lord was really winning her winning her to, to, to step out and do it. Um, the gift often begin, uh, begin in us with a still small gift, with a still small voice, I should say, or as a subtle impression of the spirit to our spirit. It can be so subtle that many of us do not value it. Thus, they ignore it, and as they wait for an open vision, as they understand and value God's still small voice to them, then we will be attentive to it. And this scripture... Is, is a really great scripture, as they all are, but this really pertains. Behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks and pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire... A still small voice which is what we'll be looking for and what we will be hearing when we ask <clears throat> and that's in first Kings 19 11 12 first we function in the gifts by giving expression to the impressions that the Spirit gives us these impressions are like a key that unlocks the door it requires faith to speak them second we dial down emotionally or quiet our souls, quiet our spirits to listen, or discern the impressions of the Spirit when we are praying for people. Again, praying in the gift of tongues is a way that calms us down and dials us down. This is opposite to stirring our soul up with fervor when ministering to people. Don't preach your prayers over those that you minister to. In other words, we don't want to be preachy. We don't, we, we don't want to be saying, you know, this is what God wants you to know, things like that. And you want to say, you know, th this is what, I, uh, what I'm hearing. I want to share it with you. you know, and then it's up to that person to either receive it as theirs or to feel like, well, you know, it doesn't click for me. Because it, the discernment lies in the person you're speaking it to. If that makes sense to them, if it applies to them, if they feel it applies in their life, you know. If it doesn't, it's not a big deal. You know, you stepped out. You tried. 
thing of it is, don't be discouraged by that. But keep, keep trying. Because you know what? I've had this happen. Maybe that was what the person needs to hear. But they weren't ready to receive it yet. They didn't want to hear that. They were still in a little bit of denial about whatever it was about. And they weren't ready for that. So they say, oh, no, that, that doesn't click for me. As I've had people come back a couple weeks later and say, remember that word you had? Well, guess what? You know, I know that was for me, but I just didn't want to deal with it at the time. So, you know, and that's up between that person and the Lord, and we don't judge that. So I, I mention that just so that you don't get discouraged in case that would ever happen to you. So um, we dial down emotionally. First, you know, we, we're giving the, giving the impression, then we dial down emotionally. Third, we value the power of God, even when it's released in small measures. We must not despise the small measures. It is still God's power that works even when it's 10% of someone's, even when 10% of someone's headache is healed. So you might be praying with somebody, you know, they come up, they say, I have a headache, I'd like to pray with me. And you pray with them. And then, you know, we're going to be talking about this. We always say, well, afterwards, well, how do you feel? We want to know, you know, we want to know how, you know, how that person feels after the prayer, what effect the prayer had. Do we need to pray longer? Do we need to pray more? Um, you know, so um, we need to value it, even though they might say it's better, but it's not completely gone. And then you might pray some more. And it may not still be completely gone. And so you say, well, I'm going to continue to pray. And you pray too, you know, that, that the Lord um, diminishes the headaches that takes it fully away. Okay. We are grateful for every good thing from God's hand. In our pride, we can despise the smallness of God's power and ministry. Some are only interested in God's power when it's manifested in a dramatic measure. And we've all seen that, you know, you know the... the um, the minister from out of town comes and he's going to have a revival and, and you know, it, it can be a lot of emotionalism and, and emotional things happen. Um, you know, that's, we're not saying that's not of the Lord. We're not saying it's a bad thing, but it's not the only way. It's not the only way that, that the Lord is calling us to step out and use gifts. Like we said, you know, we're not doing it in, out of our emotions. Um, but we're doing it out of the Lord's word, the prayer, and the impressions that we get. Fourth, do not be preoccupied with the fear of missing it. We should not be more concerned with never, we should be more concerned with never functioning in the gifts. In other words, some people say, well, I don't want to mislead people. I don't want to act like this is really what the Lord's saying. I might be missing the real, you know, the, the word he really wants to say. And then they don't do anything, you know. We all make mistakes. The only people that do not make mistakes in the spiritual gifts are people that don't use them. People, you know, and you heard Father Dale say two weeks ago that he's dedicated to cleaning up our messes. So if there's things that you know we mess up on, you know, it's not a big deal. That's this is how we grow. This is why we're here for one another. You know, nobody gets it perfect all the time. And so don't let that keep you. Don't let the fear of that, is what this is saying, keep you from not saying anything and, and not stepping out. 
<clears throat> and then we want to be supernaturally natural, as I said, without drawing undue attention to the fact that we are prophesying. We encourage people to prophesy in a way that is dialed down emotionally and without an overemphasis of saying, thus says the Lord, you know, and, and you know, I'm sure maybe some of you have heard that, um, or the Lord told me to tell you, you know, that's, that's not what we're saying here and, and. That's, that's not how we want to bring it, as I said earlier, and said how we would bring it. But we want to use a humble style that is less melodramatic. It's better to be less dramatic in our prophesying and more helpful to people. We can say, I, I'd like to pray for you. I believe God wants to touch you. If we are wrong, we will not hurt anyone if we use the softer language. And then finally... Why do believers neglect to prophesy? Well, it takes love and spiritual vigor to prophesy often. Why? Because it requires attentiveness to the Spirit to receive those small impressions from Him. It also requires energy and that we take risks to act on the impression. It is easier to draw back from all of this. There is an intensity involved in being continually available to the spirit. To be attentive implies refusing the indulgence of anxiety and self-pity that cause so much emotional traffic. So basically, we want to try to put ourselves out of the way because it really isn't about us. It's about what the Lord wants to say and what he wants to do to all of us that are gathered here in his name. We believe in faith that whenever we gather, we gather in the name of Jesus Christ, and he has called us here. And he has called us by name, meaning he knows us personally. And he wants us to come to know him more and more personally as we grow in the spirit and as we start to practice and yield to, to the gifts that he has given us and he wants us to use because remember, if we don't use them, remember the old dishwasher, it's as if we don't have them. So we, we want to do that. We want to encourage one another to do it. And, you know, we'll be talking more about this as time goes on. At this point, Father Dale is going.